Welcome to this edition of Spiritual Hustle. I'm Anthony Filipovich, and along with me is Justin Sabinski. This week, we're very happy to welcome Matt Palmer to the show. Matt is a pickup coach currently living in Miami and works for Todd D.B. Dating. Matt, welcome to the podcast. Hi, happy to be here. Thank you. Matt, I thought well, what we would start at is maybe you give us a little background on you, like how you started up in the live uh, in a Christian background and how that evolves into uh, coaching the uh, pickup. That, that would be an interesting story to hear. Yeah, sure. Sure. So uh, I grew up in California in Southern California. Um, I grew up very conservative. Uh, I had growing up, I had a, a stepdad. Oh. Sorry. It's something with the internet. Uh, I grew up with two parents, uh, my dad and my stepdad. So uh, with my mom, my stepdad, they were not very religious at all. And I had a second dad who was very religious. So he would take me to church every weekend. So for years in high school, I grew up with a very conservative uh, background, going to church every weekend, uh, going to church camp. So my, my reality, my bubble uh, was very small. Um, but because of that, you know, I was always attracted to women. I didn't know how to talk to them. And all I had was the girls at my church. So I'm like, well, this is a little bit of a dharma. Right. So it ended, ended up sending me into this journey, uh, learning about pickup. So when did you, uh, start doing pickup? Cause, uh, cause just, uh, for a background for the, uh, guests is, um, I met Matt in Vegas, maybe four years ago. Um, and you were already doing pickup for years, um, prior to that. So when did you get into that? Um, and, and what was that like? Um, what was your first few experiences? Yeah, it was crazy because so when I was about 21, um, I started bouncing, uh, doing security work. I was working in uh, Hollywood. I was working in Orange County. Um, My first month ever being a bouncer, it was cool. I worked at this top high-end club. I got to work this uh, rave at a water park, and I worked at the Playboy Mansion. Nice. Yeah. So (laughs) it was was a very cool time. I'm like, wow, I could do this forever. This is awesome. I, I like in this world surrounded by beautiful women. And so at that time, I had found out um, about another company uh, where I, I currently work for my boss named Todd um, and started learning about pickup. I read this book called The Game, right? Read the book The Game. And uh, it, it took me on this whole, whole journey of, of going out practicing. And about two years later, I actually ended up picking up, moving my whole life to Vegas and uh, working with Todd for a couple months. And then I became a coach in Vegas. That's where I met Justin. Hmm. And uh, it kind of all just built from there. So you mentioned you, I, I got to ask you, you mentioned you uh, worked at the Playboy Mansion. <laughs> what was that like? Oh, it's pretty insane. It's everything, it's everything you think it is. Uh, the girl to guy ratio, I think it's five, five girls to one guy. And so the party, the party's pretty insane. You know, everyone's walking around half naked. Um, <laughs> there's no rules. There's no rules there. So it's, it's, it's a, it's a pretty interesting place for sure. Pretty nuts. You have any stories? <laughs> uh, stories. I mean, it is everything. Like I said, everything that you hear, I mean, we walked, I've walked in on people, you know, having sex out in the, in the back lawn, uh, people out in the grotto. Um, I'm trying to think, man. Uh, there's, there's a couple of guys that were working there. They always do the catering and they would tell me, they're like, Hey man, this, uh, these parties used to be insane back in the day. We just cook the food and at 10 o'clock when we get off, we just sneak into the party and, uh, and we rage all night. So uh, it's, it's a cool place for sure. What was it like um, going from 
religious Christian to turning 21 and um, in, in just kind of experiencing the, being a bouncer and everything and, and experiencing these, these kind of events. Um, was there any transition to that? Yeah, it was just a very slow, it was a very slow transition. So, I mean, everything from, you know, like I said, I had this very small reality of, you know, conservative fundamental Christianity, you know, you know, believe in Jesus coming back, you know, very small worldview. And then as I grew as a person, um, like going to these new places, you know, Vegas, Playboy Mansion, meeting these new people, it's like my reality started to, to expand. And I was running into different ideas that would conflict you know, one would be like evolutionary psychology. Like how does that fit in, you know, with Christianity? And then I would get these references in real life. And so it was, it was really weird because it was a time when I'm growing as a person, but like the reality around me, the box that I grew up in was starting to kind of like come undone a little bit. Have you been looking into uh, Jordan Peterson at all as um Oh, huge fan, huge fan. So, you know, it's funny because he, for me, everything he says hits home because I grew up trying to reconcile, okay, wait a minute. There's a lot of truth in, yeah. in, in Christianity. There's, a, there's, there's, there's so many deep, rich truths, but it's like at the same time too, it's, we know that it's not fundamentally accurate. So it's like, how do you bridge the two together? Stories. You know I mean? How do you make... <laughs> You just use the stories and, and, and uh, see what connects to the science and, um, and then throw out the rest. If they, if they say to, to beat the shit out of your, your kid because he spoke back to you, you should probably just skip that, skip Deuteronomy and, uh, and Leviticus and, uh, and just use what works. That's the way I always looked at it. Um, but that's cool. I'm, and I'm glad that you're looking at into Jordan Peterson and enjoying that because, because um, yeah, he helped me also a lot with that stuff too. Um, so what was your, is your background religious too or no? Um, my background, is, well, I was a history major in college and I just happened to just find myself in the middle of, of all this, these, these Christian books and everything. And, and there was always just something, I always just kept the door open because I knew that there was something going on there. There's no way that, that this book lasted, existed for 2000 years and wasn't good. Cause I know so like, I've, I've read so many books that just aren't, they don't exist anymore. It's like, why, why did this book continue existing? There has to be something going on here. And then Jordan Peterson put it, pieced it all together. And I was like, I'm glad that I, you know, at least did the work on it and, uh, and was able to um, have that. But when it comes to being a fundamental Christian now, I, I was never that, that, that sort of the, the drinking the Kool-Aid stuff um, makes me so uncomfortable. Um, I don't, I barely trust anybody except for books <laughs> these days. Yeah. Um, I think for me, the, the hardest thing growing up was, you know, at a young age, in high school, you know, I'd gone to church camp and I had these very deep, very real religious experiences. Yeah. And so, and, and so in, in my mind, I'm like, how am I like, this has to be real. Why am I having these deep experiences? This feels so real. You know, how can this be fake? And that was kind of my mindset as a, as a younger man or as a, you know, growing up in high school until I started to learn about, you know, you know, cognitive biases and, and how things work. And then it, it's really weird. I feel like the journey's come full circle from being like, you know, having these religious experiences and like being trapped in like a dogma with like a, a rigid structure to going like completely opposite, you know? Yeah. Thinking it's bullshit. Everything's bullshit. And then realizing like, wait a minute, no, it's just the principles that it's these universal principles. It's this, uh, I don't know if you want to call it consciousness. Like that's, that's the uh that's like the north star and everything just fits and in, fits into it 
Yeah, I mean, um, I, I don't know how you felt going into Vegas and stuff, but I mean, I was, I, I built an app that was on, uh, that was pretty much failing. So I just kind of gave it to um, my my co-developer, and and I moved out there with you know a few thousand bucks after leaving, and I was just I was kind of spiraling because I didn't have you know there was no Jordan Peterson back then, so it was like like I didn't have the 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 uh, the foundation. So you were just kind of like. Like you get so enamored with these people like Todd and, um, and, uh, and Tyler and, and, and Julian and stuff. And then, um, because, because they're doing things, they're doing something that, that is just incredible. Like they're, they're, they're doing the, the thing that, um, only like, only like the 1% of dudes can do. And, and, uh, and they were, and, and, you know, you look at them and you're, Owen's just like the disgusting human being. So you're like, if this guy can do it, anybody can do it. And then you go and you, you realize it's like, oh, this is, this actually isn't that hard. Um, but it's a uh, but there there's something that community in general just kind of um like i, I feel like people are, are young men are very lost at a certain point in their life and the, and that community just kind of scoops them up and lets them focus on something and it just so happens that this thing can be very helpful um and it can also be very hurtful as well um so y- you want to get into your experiences with pickup and everything cuz um you know uh, it, for for a lot sure. of people um, on the outside looking in, they they just see it and they're like they're like what the hell is this all about you know? Got you. I think you know it's kind of funny because I remember we were talking back in Vegas. You know the pickup community is an interesting thing, right? It's it's like on one hand it, it can be hurtful because you know it can become like a religion, right? Guys, oh, yeah. I've definitely seen some guys get lost in the sauce, and mm-hmm. you know it becomes your whole life. It's definitely interesting for me when I do it for a living. Um, so I need to have, find that common balance. Right. But, um, but yeah, man, it's, I'm trying to think of the right way to say this. Um, the only thing that like keeps me sane now at this point is, is like doing pickup, but not attaching myself to it. Right. And I I remember something we talked about, uh, I think it was back in October of 2014 and I was leaving and I think you had just got there Mm -hmm. or you, you were there two months and I said, okay, Hey man, you need to have something else going on in your life uh, while you're here because here's what's going to happen. You're going to hit three months and you're going to hit a wall. That's and exactly what happened to me. <laughs> remember, I was like, you're going you're to go out. You're going to get – it's too much stimulation. There's, there's too much partying, and you're going to become very ungrounded. And five, six months in, you're going to hit a depression phase. And I remember I left and I came back. I think it was like January or February to do my rehires for the club. And you're like, dude, everything you said happened. And I'm like, yeah. I know. And, I, and it's funny because – everyone goes through that. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, it's kind of interesting, like doing pickup is, uh, it can be very, in the beginning, it's very fun because it's like learning this new habit. It's like going to the gym, right? It's like you're building muscle. You, you understand how to talk to women, um, uh, strong eye contact, good vocal tonality. Um, but at a certain point you have to evolve past that. And I feel that's where the pickup community becomes very dangerous. Mm. It's guys get stuck in it and they hit a level and the only way to go to the next level is kind of like not leave it, but like transcend it, if you will. Right? Yeah. I mean, I feel like calling it the pickup community is like the best term for it because I feel like there's not a lot of people who actually teach how to get, a, you know, a couple days beyond pickup because like approaching the girl, yeah. getting them in bed, pickups, pickups, your, 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 your guide. But then when it comes to holding a relationship or anything, the last person you want to teach you how to hold a relationship is, is Owen because <laughs> because that guy is uh you know a narcissist and uh and uh, sociopathic to say the least 
but um um it, it's just interesting that um that, that it is what it says it is it's like we'll, we'll be able to teach you how to, how to pick up a girl but will you keep that girl will you be will you help that girl like experience a better life with you um it, i'm not sure if um if too many people are actually teaching that like is todd teaching that these days is he going beyond um uh just picking up a girl you know, you know the, the boot camps are not, not designed for that you know of course, no. Yeah. Boot camps are designed for, you know, I, I think I think there's two waves uh, of people that learn pickup, right? You either have a guy that's, you know, socially awkward, lost, doesn't know what to do. And so you, you give him this foundation of how to be social, maybe how to groom himself, how to go talk to girls, maybe a, a, lit, uh, a structural process of what you should do from open to meeting a girl, right? And then you have another guy that's really good with women but can't get the girl that he wants, and so usually these are the two types of guys that come in to learn game. Guys that are either really bad or they want to level up. Um, yeah, but to answer your question, yes, Todd, uh, you know, I think 80 or 90% of what we focus on is that beginning process, right? Because you get a lot of guys that are new and, and are trying to learn this. But, you know, Todd currently has a girl, long-term girlfriend. He has a kid. Um, so he's – it's kudos to him for being able to balance both lives. But um, – yeah, we, we, we are starting to kind of relationship management type stuff for sure. Gotcha. So yeah, let's get into some, uh, some technicals. What, um, when you're approaching a girl or let's start before approaching the girl, you just get to the, uh, to the venue. What, what is, uh, what does Matt do when he gets to a venue other than uh, uh, a couple of shots of fireball? <laughs> uh, well, what I would tell you is, <clears throat> so when, that's the right way to put this. I, I, there's a couple ways to think about how to answer this, but I, normally the way I do it is I have a process. Um, I, I try to be so natural and congruent at this point. Um, so back in the day when I was learning or when I had met you, you know, I'd, be, I'd have all these gamey tactics, funny lines, ways to like, you know, get the thing going. But then the more I do it, the more I realize that the funny lines and the tactics, like just gets the girl's attention, but it's not going to keep the girl like we were talking about earlier. So everything I'm doing is focused on how can I keep the girl, even if it's at a, at a very small three minute window, or if it's going to be, you know, onwards for a couple of dates. So I have this process that I do. So the first thing I do when I get into a venue is first 15, 20 minutes, I'm just becoming present to the moment. Um, I'm not thinking about pickup. I'm not even thinking about talking to girls. I'm talking to my best friend. I'm joking. We're talking about the DJ. We're just having fun. I'm, I'm like emptying myself. Um, then the next stage after I feel calm and relaxed is I'll start talking to people. It could be guys. It could be girls that you're attracted to or not attracted to. It really doesn't matter. Um, I'll spend about 20 minutes doing that. Now I'm just talking with you, getting social, um, like expressing ourselves. You know, side tangent, one of the best things that Vegas Immersion had was we had that improv class. I love that. Dude, that helps. Class. Yeah. That was one of the most helpful things uh, I think guys should do. If guys want to get with women is take an improv class. Yeah. Especially yeah. if you're like, if you're socially awkward or, or you just want to get better with people, take improv. Highly recommend. It's one of the best things you can do because you work, you focus on expressing yourself, bringing out that playful side of yourself and it's, it's all positive. Um, so yeah, so the second phase is just me warming up, getting social and then, once I'm kind of in that flowy state where I'm just like talking, I'm having fun. I'm not thinking about do people like me? Um, you know, if I say this line is a girl going to like me, like that's, that's elementary like school type stuff. Um, I, then I turn it up. Then I go up to the girl and all I'm focused on is 
strong eye contact, you know, good vocal tonality and being really relaxed in my body. And then from there, I'm just going to vibe with her. Right. There's, there's a lot of more technical stuff once you start talking, but that's kind of the general this is the vibe. I try to be as natural and congruent as possible. And they always say like, you never, if, a, if someone's watching you do a pickup, you never want them to think you're doing a pickup. You want to be like, Oh, how does, how did you know that girl? Oh, I just met her. Oh, I thought you guys like know each other forever. Like that's a good pickup is where yeah. it's like, you guys look like, you know, each other. so uh, I'm just going to say, I noticed like through that process you're describing, there are a lot of terminology you use that, um, to me is more like a, like a, a spiritual approach. Like the that's first exactly thing, what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. The first thing, 15, first 15 minutes is uh, you empty yourself. So you're like, you're in the moment, right. Which is very, very Zen like yeah. in that, which is what, what I try to do no matter what, what the situation is. And then, um, and then vibing with the girl. Like, I, I know what you mean. Like I, I try to do that with people in business meetings or whatever you try. You can, like when, sometimes when I can close my eyes, I can feel their, their energy and their vibe. And you try to like match it. I know there is uh, coaches like Anthony Robbins that teach, uh, I forget what the term is, mirroring or something, but you do the same body motions. This is, this is nothing like that. I mean, you can use that. It's actually trying to feel the, the energy coming off them and, and kind of getting congruent with that. So that's, that's things, interesting things I found about that. So I, I guess one question is, you mentioned that you had a lot of spiritual experiences. Do any of those spiritual experiences carry into this process because for me being on the outside they, they seem 100%. Just, yeah so could you could 100%. you percent yeah could you outline like one of the, the experience exper, um, religious experiences you had and how that filtered into this process you know i think um there, there's two processes that helped me design this process one was a, a, one is a religious experience and then the other one would be um you know, from, I used to wrestle in high school and I had, I had a very similar process of how to get myself into a nice flow as I go into the match. But for the spiritual experience, um, it, it's the same thing. Like, have you ever been to like a worship ceremony at like, you know, a, a Christian church before? I grew up like Catholic. So like, I went to, I was driving to Catholic so like um, church every Sunday. Right. And in my, in my case, um, my parents were like Eastern European. So the East, we used to go to the Eastern European church and the Eastern European church is like one of the most depressing places you can be. <laughs> like everyone's very solemn. No one's laughing. Um, and I remember years later, I had friends that were in the Bahamas and, and I went down with them and they took me to their Baptist church. And I thought, fuck, this is completely different from my experience. People are actually happy to be here and they're singing and they're dancing in the aisles, right? My experience was totally opposite. That, that's why I revolted against organized religion when I was younger. Um, but I still had this deep need for spirituality. So to answer your question, no, not growing <laughs> up. I never experienced that. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> uh, I, I would just say for, for me, uh, I went to, uh, like I said, church camp. Uh, I, right. I, yeah, I think from a, from an early age, I've always been like, I don't know, really in touch with my emotions or really in touch with like my body. Right. Um, again, being an athlete, growing up wrestling, uh, doing karate, but also going to church and having these religious experiences. Uh, but a lot of it, like when the emptying yourself, um, is a lot of stuff that I, I learned going, like going to worship, uh, uh, going to church services and even church camp. I remember having this really deep, experience you know a lot of times you know you know hold your hands up you know this is what back when i was like you know really into it and uh i I could just remember like whatever you think the presence of god is you know i definitely believe that that's what i was feeling 
like consciousness, whatever you want to call it. But it's just like this, this feeling of like full surrender and letting go. And I think the most attractive thing you can do in, in pickup or just in life to another person is being able to be fully vulnerable with them. So, and it's not like fake vulnerability. It's like this, like, I don't know, like in church, it's just like you're surrendering. Like I surrender to God. There's like a worship song that says like, uh, I surrender. So it's like, it's just this idea of like fully surrendering. And so like, I learned to take that into pickup. So it's like, when I'm talking to a girl, it's not like there's like this wall between me and her and she can see that I'm trying to like get something from her. It's just like, Hey, this is fully me, you know, take it or leave it. And that in of itself is very, very attractive. And I think, but that's something the pickup community is missing is it's the journey is not about you getting a girl. Like it, it is to an extent, but it's like, it's about you becoming a high value person, right? And the more high value you become, the more you can get more girls and don't focus on getting the girl. Focus on becoming a high value person, getting your life together, you know, being in touch with yourself, spiritual, all that stuff. But that's, that's a great attitude. I mean, that's a great attitude no matter what you're doing in life. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That, that's one of the, that thing that, that what, what Matt said was one of the last things that I learned in Vegas. And that's, that's when I was like, I gotta get out of Vegas cause I gotta work on myself and get, get my shit together. Um, was when you realized like, because you'd see people like uh, in Vegas, you'd see people like Joe Rogan, Dan Bilzerian and, um, and other people. And you're like, well, what do they have that I don't have? Like $150 million. That's what they have. And that's what you don't have. And, um, and, and that just that one indicator is just like, I can like pretend that women um, are shallow and they just go for the, the guy who has all the money and everything. That's not true. They're just using it a, as a way to um, uh, select better. And, um, and, and it, just, it just so happens that, that people who have money tend to be um, more successful and, uh, and, and therefore their, their genes are better um, in, in, in that sort of um, uh, very biological way. And it's just like, it, it's like so if I worked on myself and improved who I was as a person and, and really stepped up my game when it came to principles and everything, um, uh, financial success would come and the financial success, I'd be able to do things. I'd be able to go on trips and travel to places where all these people are. I'd be able to go to Playboy Mansion and stuff like that. Um, you'd put yourself into position to meet these high value women that I, that, that I really wanted. And, and that, that was the thing that I was struggling in Vegas with towards the end was I felt so fake. I felt like the fakest person ever. I was staying in, you know, we were in the Meridian and, um, and it's a pretty nice place and everything, but we, we were spending maybe like six, seven bucks a day on food and, um, and eating at Chipotle. And, and like, I, I was, I was wearing the same pants out every single night because, um, my other pants, the buttons broke on it and I couldn't afford, you know, another nice pair of pants. It's like, it's like who, who, you know, how, how can I be authentic to people? If I'm not even authentic to myself, if I'm, if I, if, if I'm like, I'm, I'm basically lying to get it even into the, into the club, I'm getting into the club because I know the bouncers and because we have the, uh, you know, the UNLV cards and everything. So it was just like, it, it, it's something that it, it takes time to realize. Uh, but when you constantly are, are being put in that situation, it's like, it's like, you got to work on yourself and that's, what's going to get you exactly what you want. Uh, and what I wanted was, uh, you know, a person to, to be with who was, you know, worth my, worth my, worth my time. I agree. I I totally agree with that. You you know, be congruent to yourself. Um, because I think that's when you, you develop core confidence. Like that's, I think, I think of it like this pickup is really just training wheels. Yeah. It's, 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 it's it's like training wheels. It's like teaching you some public speaking skills, how to talk to girls. But at the end of the day, 
you have to be happy with yourself. And it's not about, I think of it like at a different level. It's not about attracting the girl. It's about drawing her in. You yeah. can only draw her in when you're like fulfilled with yourself and happy with where you're at in life. And that's how you're going to actually keep the girl. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, um, that's a great analogy. I mean, that's a great, um, distinction, like draw her in. It's almost, it kind of is in line with some of like um, the new thought out there in regards to like manifesting your destiny, like put the thought out there and it'll attract it into you. Um, so yeah, I love that analogy. But the one thing I really like too is the, the vulnerability. Like, and yeah, I know thinking about like some of the women I've known when they've opened up and showed me their vulnerability, that's, that's when your heart opens up and you can like really connect with them. Like that's always been the key being able to get comfortable enough to be vulnerable in a relationship. So if you can do that right off the bat, that's a, that's a, like a super skill. I agree. I agree. The way, uh, one one thing I want to add is I think the way in some ways pickup has it backwards is that guys think that it's like, and this is the big distinction that I've learned over the years. Again, if you want to call it like metagame is like, you, you think that it's about, I got to say these lines to like build attraction and build value. But really the way I think about it is uh, I really, have you ever heard of the book uh, way of superior man by David data? Yeah. I read that like three times. Remember that book? Okay. So, you know, he has that, that analogy about those, like uh, there's like a squirrel in the oak tree. So mm-hmm. a lot of things I tell my students is I, I say, it's like masculine, <clears throat> masculine and feminine energy. It's like a man needs to be like the sun and like the women need to be like the planets. Meaning it's so feminine energy dances a masculine energy is grounded and solid. So it's like a woman doesn't want you to be like running around her, right? She wants, she needs someone that's anchored and grounded. So it's like, when I go out, I'm like, I am pure sunlight. It's like, there's nothing that you can say or do like that's going to affect the sun. It's just going to glow. Right. So I'm going to go out, be fully vulnerable, be confident in myself. Now, two things. One, I'm not dependent on external validation from women. That's the main thing. So if a girl says shit to me or says this, no, it's all right here. I'm the son. I'm just easier said than done. And when I start to get shit from girls and I can still hold my frame and still be vulnerable and be myself, that's when it's like, whoa, who's this guy? Who's this attractive man? And so once I figured that out, that, that became my goal. Don't focus on getting the girls, focus on being that, that positive sunlight. Yeah. And I'm glad that, uh, we're going down these, um, these rabbit holes because like I, the reason why I wanted to bring you on to a podcast called spiritual hustle is that I really truly believe that there is um, lessons to be learned um, in pickup that uh, is helpful towards uh, spirituality. And I didn't want to uh, lead you down that path. And, and you kind of just, you, the way that you explained everything, it was like, you're, you're, you were saying exactly what I was hoping you were going to say, which is, it's really not about, uh, pulling a girl into your bed during the day and then going out at night and pulling another girl at night. It, it's all about the, um, uh, becoming a better person and, and realizing that, that, that that's what really matters. And, um, and I really like the sun analogy and everything. And it's good to hear about the way of the superior man. I haven't heard that book in a, about that book in a while. I love that book. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think at the end of the day, it's like, there's a good side and a dark side of this. It's like the dark side is you go out, it's, you feel dirty. You're just going out getting one night stands and it's like, and, and trust me, there's, you don't have to like really evolve yourself as a person. Like this is the deep, dark truth. Like you <laughs> just be a piece of shit. 
and go around and get some girls, you can do it. I, I know guys that do it. There's no problem, but you're not going to be happy with yourself. I would much rather be able to look myself in the mirror, be happy with myself, get quality women and the women that I want to have in my life. That's a much better angle to go. So I, I'd rather go this way all day. Yeah. So that, that's basically what you teach your students, right? And I assume that your students come with a different mindset initially, and then you kind of mold them into a bigger picture. Is, is that how it works? Well, like this whole sun analogy is something I, I tell everybody. I, I, my, yeah. I'm not trying to teach – because it's not who I am. I, like, look, I'll, I'll, we'll talk about, you know, say this line, say premise, show some sexual intent, you know, for – Come back to us. Come back. That's gone. Uh, Having some technical difficulties. Matt will come back on when he gets his internet figured out. Oh, I'm here. All right. He's somewhere. I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Can't see you, but that's okay. okay. I can see you. Okay. I'm sure you'll pop up. All right. What were you saying, Matt? Okay. Um, oh, so, yeah. So, it's like something I tell my students is – Again, I don't <clears throat> because I'm so focused on like what, what I was just sharing with you. That's kind of how I, I mold the sets. I'm like, look, man, your goal is to be this high value guy and you want to act according to that. So it's not I don't really push like an agenda on anybody, but I, I do definitely go this route uh, and it just comes out naturally. It's it's yeah, I really believe in it. Yeah, I mean, in a lot of ways, you're no different than um, the, the Indian spiritual teacher I had, <laughs> the enlightened spe- uh, the spiritual teacher I had. I mean, from a philosophical perspective, it's basically the same thing. And actually, you add a, a lot more um, exciting aspect to it, meaning that you go out and you know meet girls to to see how you can like put into like into practice these learnings. Um, that's pretty cool. Yeah, for, for sure, for sure. It's again, it's it's a process that like I, I see in a lot of different things, and it, yeah, it works. So, so, so uh, for you personally, like, what's what's the end game, in, like, in teaching pickup? Like, where, where do you see this taking you? Like, you've already told us, like, from my perspective, you've elevated to something a lot more than pickup. It's it's basically how do how do um become the most high value aspect of yourself that you can, how to take responsibility for your life. All those things that Jordan Peterson talks about being important to, to be a responsible person and have meaning in your life. It seems like you're, you're covering it. Um, do, do you see it in that way too? Uh, as far as, as I'm sorry, as far as growing and, more, growing more and, and giving people um like a benchmark of what to shoot for and becoming like a better version of themselves. Right. And I'm sure part of that is taking more responsibility for themselves, which is the big thing that Peterson always goes back to, right. Taking responsibility for your own life. Yeah, I I agree. It's like you, you hurt, you hit certain levels and you're kind of forced to evolve to the next thing. So it's like, you know, everything I'm talking about is stuff I've learned from years of going out and working on myself in other areas. And it's funny because when I worked on myself in the other areas, that's when it's like, you know, me and my friends joke, we call it like meta game, but it's like the idea of like no game. It's just being an attractive person. And, you know, the girl will realize that over time, you know, I might get a little bit of shit here, a little bit of shit there, but just being congruent and, you know, you'll get the girl. So yeah, I, you constantly have to be evolving and working on other parts of your life. Um, I think the end game, um, 
you know, I like doing stuff like this. Uh, this, I, I really enjoy this much more than I enjoy pickup, but, uh, <laughs> but I, I enjoy conversation, deep conversations and I enjoy like, you know, helping people like realize their own worth. You know, I, I'm, I'm also like really big into bodybuilding. Um, right. So I, I, I love motivation. I love working out. I just, I'm obsessed with the idea of just constant growth. So cool. See where it takes me. I, you know. yeah. uh, one of the things I just wanted to bring up, uh, we had um, a guy, Ken, Ken, uh, Ken Kinnikin on the, sh- on the podcast a couple of sets ago, and he's uh, the founder of Swiss and Swiss is this large um, conference of held in Toronto every year, mostly bodybuilders, just in case you're interested. But uh, it focuses on how to get over bodybuilding um, injuries. If oh, you cool. ever need to, check it out, Swiss. It's, it's really good. Yeah, I'll look at that for sure. So, um, yeah, what are, uh, let, let's get into what, what is uh, Matt Palmer Beyond um, Pickup looking like? Cause that's where you're headed. You're headed into growth and development and everything. Um, where's that, where's that headed? What are the plans? Man, I, I, I wish I knew. Um, <laughs> I, I say that because it's about to be summer season and we're busy. I'm going to be, I travel. Uh, I'll be based probably in Vegas or Los Angeles in about two months. And I'll be traveling, uh, two weeks out of the month. We're going to Europe four times this year. Um, so, at least for the immediate future, it looks like I'm going to continue to grow the business and, and coach pickup. But um, yeah, man, I, I, like I said, I'm really passionate about fitness. I could see myself going into a different, a different industry. I really like having deep, deep conversations about spirituality. Um, yeah, man, we'll see. I, I think the next year or two years is going to be really pickup heavy because it's, it's a full-time gig. Uh, and then, you know, we'll see from there. You, you had a really good description of um, masculine and feminine, the idea mm-hmm. that, that the man is like um, kind of like solid energy and the woman dances around that. Um, when, when you read what's happening in popular literature now, there's, there seems people want to like uh, make women and men kind of like the same, right? Um, and that's another thing I think that Jordan Peterson kind of uh, rallies against, uh, the whole idea of the gender pronouns and stuff like that. Like, do you, do you ever get into discussions with people about that trend in society now? Like the, the idea that masculine and feminine definitions that have been traditionally there, people are trying to like change those? Uh, I don't really, I don't really get too, too political with it. Um, yeah. You know, I, the way I, the way I view it is just like, you know, I really just try to stay congruent to, it's going to sound very like dumbed down. But I just try to stay congruent to being masculine. I mean, if for, I, I feel like the pro, a big problem in our society is, you know, women want to be men and I, there's nothing wrong with women trying to make more money and hustle. That's all good stuff. But you know, you have this culture where it's like women want to be independent and, and, and men are like being kind of shamed a little bit, but yeah. it's like, you'll, I feel like you'll never really tap into your deepest power un, unless a woman can embrace her femininity and a man can embrace his masculinity. And I think that's the problem. So I think the surface level problem is the, the pronoun stuff and all this stuff. But the root problem is that people aren't, aren't embracing their own, their own, like, uh, you know, masculinity and, and their femininity. I think that's the major problem. People, and it's it partially too is because of like Instagram and stuff. People have all these crazy ideas of what they need to morph into and stuff. And people are going so far out of themselves so if we can just kind of turn into ourselves and become stronger versions of ourselves, I still have a million holes. 
Um, <laughs> if we can, yeah, if we can become stronger versions of ourselves, I think that's the answer. So we should focus more on doing that than, you know. Yeah, well, that's general theme you've had uh, through this podcast is focusing inside and being happy with yourself, regardless of what happens in the outside world, right? That's, yeah. that's when my life is, for me personally, is when my life is at its best is when I'm doing that. Right. That's when all the good stuff happens. And, and I agree. Like there, there have been times in my life where, where that was very strong and life has that this flow to it when, when you're in that, you know, whether you call that being in the zone or in the now, it's, um, it's, Everyone should live like that all the time. <laughs> you yeah. know, th- then we would have heaven on earth. I 100% agree. 100% agree. So uh, earlier we were talking about um, uh, shifts in, in lines of thinking or uh, experiences from um, religious um, events in your life. Um, uh, you explained to us also that, that you've experienced in psychedelics as well. Um, or... Were those experiences similar um, in any way? Yeah, I mean, I've done, um, I've had a few trips. Um, the, the craziest one was like when I did LSD, when I did acid. And the reason it was so crazy was not because I, was tri- I wasn't really hallucinating too much, but it's kind of like where my mind went. And it, it, I don't know if you've had this sort of experience when you've done, have you done psychedelics? You've done psychedelics. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which one did you say? Uh, LSD. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I, I just got this really weird bird's eye view of myself. It's, it, it was like, it was like being myself, but I was on vacation. So it was like, I was able to see myself and it's like outside of my own box. So it's like, wow, that's interesting. Like, uh, it was like being free of judgment. It's like, wow, I do this, I do this, I do this because of this, this, and this. That's crazy. But then when you come down and you come back in yourself, it's like those filters are there. And when you're, when you're on it, it's like those filters kind of break away and you can kind of really see yourself objectively and, and kind of, kind of correct some stuff. So I, I remember I did psychedelics. What was it back in 2016? So it was me and a couple of friends from Vegas drove out to Lake Mead and uh, we spent the night camping uh, and we all tripped together. And I just remember having these very deep, I was very, I was able to be very honest with myself, put it to you that way. And I was able to kind of like go in there and really kind of clean out some stuff that needed to be cleaned out. So is that, is that normally how you use uh, psychedelics? It's just kind of uh, to, to work on yourself a little bit. Yeah, I think, I think it's kind of the only way to do it. Uh, obviously, it depends on how much you take. You know, if you, if you take too much, it's going to be a very terrifying experience. I've done that, too. Um, yeah. I, I ate too much of a, a bunch of mushrooms one time, and that, that was not fun. Uh, I was hallucinating very badly. But, you know, what's funny was there's really no such thing as a bad trip. Like, it sucks in the moment, but when you come back, you're like, wow. Like, you have, like, a deeper appreciation, you know, for life and, and for where you're at, for sure. Yeah, it's like um, when a bad, the best definition of a bad trip is, um, is it makes you like you, you, you look back at it and you're like, that was a, you know, that was awesome. That was crazy. Um, but it makes you not, uh, it makes you respect one, the, the drug itself. Um, but, but more importantly, it makes you satisfied. Like you don't feel like you have to take the drug again for an extended period of time. And, um, and that would, that would be like my best definition of a bad trip. It's like, it, it wasn't bad. It's just, you, you, you're satisfied. You, you did what you wanted to do and it, and it happened, um, very intensely. 
very, very intense. <laughs> I, I remember sitting there thinking like, man, I, I, I lost my mind. Like, is it ever going to come back? <laughs> that's the, I mean, that, that's the whole thing is, um, is like, uh, um, it's like, uh, in particular just makes you, um, it makes you feel like you, you get, it makes you like, it makes you literally like, you know, that you're not going to die. Like, you know, you're, you, you can't die from this stuff. If you, uh, you can take a hundred grams of it, you're not going to die, but it makes you think that you're going to die. And, and that's the thing that, that gets me and what makes me enjoy it because it's like, it, it's just like a test of, of getting close to death without any real risk. Yeah. But it does feel very real. Yes, it does. <laughs> it does. Well, I was uh, with a group of friends in the desert outside of Sedona and we were all doing mushrooms. And the cool thing is when you have um, more than one person, in this case, there were, there were six of us, like tripping out on the mushrooms and we all see the same thing. Right. And it's like, whoa. <laughs> so that's when you realize there's more than just like a chemistry thing happening in your own head. Like you're opening up to other energies, other like levels of dimensions and things. And that's a cool thing. Um, but the thing that always like gets me yeah, like, and, and it kind of irritates me a bit when I'm in that state, I, I, I feel like a bigger me and I feel like I understand everything. And when I, when I come back to my regular consciousness, I'm trying to remember all the things I knew when I was outside. Right. And I, I take back maybe a fraction of that. I mean, you grow, but there's a part of you that knows there was so much more that you knew when you were, you know, that bigger version of yourself. Go back. Well, yeah. One of my friends put it really, really well. I remember we did a trip, um, and uh, we were all we were all on LSD, and uh, no, two of us were on mushrooms, one was on LSD, and we were having this very deep conversation. It was like, I feel like I'm at my zero point. It's like, uh, you, I, I think in normal day life you get so caught up in like I gotta go to the gym, I gotta I gotta do these calls, I gotta work, and so you, you whether you realize it or not, you're like stuck in these patterns. Yes, and I think people can get stuck in those patterns, you know, and and the thing that I, the reason why. I like psychedelics is because it's like it breaks the patterns. You're able to like, whoa, all the patterns go away. It's like oh, we lost him. Lost him again. Uh, he'll be back. He'll That's be okay. back. It's good time to plug. Good time to plug in my laptop. <laughs> and I will talk. I'll try to finish Matt, what Matt Palmer was trying to say. Um, so you get stuck in these patterns. And one of the first things that happens with, with psychedelics is that it, it takes a couple, you know, it takes a few hours for um, the trip to, to happen. So, you know, you can't, you can't be, you, you, you have to take a time out of your day to just have the trip. And, and even just that breaks the breaks one of your patterns already because you're not, doing the things that you normally do. It's a, you're, you're not going to work. You're not doing nine to five and, and tripping balls. Like you have, there, there's a certain specific day that you're going to have to do that. And, and, um, and going into the zero point, what were you talking about that with, uh, talking about that, Matt? Oh, as, yeah. My friend used the expression of it's like your zero point. And what it means is like, it's like, if it's like a line, it's like, this is you normal. It's like, there's all these, like you said, patterns and thoughts and like, oh, I gotta, you gotta pay bills. I got groceries. Okay. And I think those patterns kind of, they kind of take control. They dictate to you how you live your life. And it's like, when you go to your zero point, it's all faded away. And it's like, okay, what do I actually want? You know, rather than like, oh, I gotta pay the bills. I gotta, you know, I gotta like take care of this and that. 
And rather than the day running you, it's kind of like you're able to objectively look at it. It's like, okay, what do I need to actually do without this stuff kind of clouding me? And that's, that's kind of the experience I had on it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. So um, one of the last questions I want to ask you. Um, so you answered our questionnaire, which was what I appreciate and that helped us. Um, but you left one of the questions blank and it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. The question you left blank. Um, it says, what's your vision for the world and humanity? And you left that blank. Why, uh, mm-hmm. why did you leave that? You don't have a vision for, for humanity? <laughs> Man, it's, it, it's tough because there's, that's a very big question. It's a very hard question to answer. Um, I, I don't even know how to answer it, but the best way I could answer it would just kind of be this whole theme of this whole talk, which is just you working on yourself. You know, it's very, I get very cliche. Gandhi says it like, you know, be the change you wish to see in the world. So it's like, don't try to, you know, I mean, you could pick something that you like, if you really want to work for a charity or you really want to, um, you know, go help the environment and you, and you support it, you know, go do that. But at the end of the day, uh, it's, about focusing on yourself, making yourself a better person and just kind of carrying that with you in your relationships, people you talk to, your professional setting, you know, that's, that's really the best thing you could, that, that would be my vision. It would just be for everyone to get in touch with themselves and, and, you know, spread positivity, I guess. I, I think that'd be a great vision uh, of the world is, is everyone just stop trying to fix the world and just start focusing on fixing themselves um, because I'll tell you from doing it for the past several years, it's, that's, it's a very overwhelming job. Just, just one person imagine trying to do it for multiple people. I just, I can't, I can hardly imagine what it's like to have children and all, all of that stuff. Um, just having to work, like work on all of that stuff as well. Jeez. Yeah. Anthony, are you there? Do you have any, uh, do you have any other questions for Matt? The only other qu- questions I really, it's, it's a spiritual side and, 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 um, you know, involving yourself spiritually that always like gets like where I have the most interest in. And, um, do you, do you mind just talking about another one of those uh, religious experiences you had, Matt? One last what, one for the road. Yeah. One last one. Yeah. What, what, what in particular? So kind of, I guess going back to high school. Yeah. One that had a big impact on you. One that changed the course of your life. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> that's really, that's really tough. Um, you can, you can include psychedelics in this as well. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I think the, <laughs> the big, the biggest one would be, I think the psychedelic uh, experience, because I remember I was at a point, it was, this was in 2016 and I think the reason I got into psychedelics was, I, you know, obviously big, listening to Rogan's podcast and hearing them talk about psychedelics. Mm-hmm. And, and so I'm like, I felt like I was at a place in my life where I, did, I was in Vegas. I was still working at the club. I had stopped doing pickup at that time because um, mm-hmm. the company I worked for, he had left. So I'm there trying to kind of figure things out. What, what, what direction do I want to go in life? And I think that's kind of why I turned to psychedelics. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's I mean, good time. I said, it, it, it stripped, it kind of just stripped everything away for sure. Um, and it really allowed me to look at myself objectively and say, okay, you can, you can have whatever you want in life. Like, what do you really want to go for? 
So it's like, it's like, do you want to like at the end of your life, like look back and like, oh, I could have done this. I could have done that. Or do you want to just like commit yourself to something and go all out on it? Um, that was one of the biggest takeaways I had from psychedelics. Um, and then the other one would be this idea of um, letting go, letting go of, of attachment. So it's like, for instance, oh, I'm Matt. I'm, I'm the pickup guy. And I, you attach your self-worth to it. That's, I think that's one of the hardest things about being a pickup coach is you go out and people think like, oh, this guy's got to be amazing. And like, you know, you go talk to a girl, it doesn't go well. And it's like, oh, it's like, if you attach your self-image to things, I think it's a very destructive thing. And that's something that the psychedelics taught me is like, you know, you're not a bodybuilder. You're not a pickup guy. You're, you're mad, you know, and you got to separate yourself from what you do. Don't attach, don't attach your identity to it. Right. And maybe you're not even Matt. Maybe you're just like this higher spirit playing Matt for this right. period of time, right? You're an interdimensional alien. Have you seen, have you seen the, the, uh, the Joe Rogan, Alex Jones podcast number two? I, I, I've watched, I haven't seen the whole thing, but I've watched some segments. Yeah, he, he goes pretty crazy on it. Yeah, it was a good one. I, I suggest watching the full four, four hours, 40 minutes to get the whole. Oh, it was that long? Yeah, it was yeah. that long. It was almost five hours. Oh, man. Yeah, I got to watch that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Cool. Yeah. Well, Matt, we appreciate you coming on. Um, I, I had fun. It was, it was great catching up. Um, definitely would like to do this again once you um, uh, do your next two years of pickup and see where you're at from there. Cool, man. Sounds yeah. good. Thank you for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. It was great, Matt. Um, before this, before our talk, I guess I had like a conception of pickup coaches and uh, you, you went way beyond my original conception of what a pickup coach does uh, to the fact, like I told you earlier, you're almost in that, in that uh, category of spiritual gurus. So what, what you do with pickup uh, is, is amazing to me. So keep it up, man. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right. All right. Take care. Guys. See you, Bye. man. Bye.